Hi, it's Jill Mercer with the Small Business Collection. We can be reached at the Small Business Collection at yahoo.com or on Facebook or on Instagram. Today, we are going to be talking about the one thing, the tried and true thing that you can do in your business to become a success and to stay a success. Do you want everyone talking about your business? I know I do. And it took a while to realize that this one thing is what was helping my business to become a success. But first, I want to tell you about a story that happened to me a few years ago. It's not really about me. It's about an employee of another company. Have you ever been to a shoe department in a large department store on a Saturday? That's what happened to me a few years ago. There I was on a Saturday afternoon trying to find some shoes to wear to an event that I had that night. And I'm looking around because I don't really like to go shopping. I know that's a little crazy, but I really don't like to go shopping uh, too much, especially on a Saturday in a shoe department. So I'm looking around trying to see who could wait on me to be able to try on at least three pair of shoes. Now, I don't know if you've noticed something in the last decade or so. It's not like it was in the 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s even where the customer was always right. And sure, ma'am, it's no problem. Let me get that for you. That has diminished in a lot of places, especially the big department stores, because you better be really nice to whoever is waiting on you so you don't get in trouble for asking them for too much. Now, there are their exceptions, but at the time that I was trying to find a pair of shoes, I hadn't run across that exception in a while. No matter how nice I was, it always seemed like I was bothering the person who was getting the shoes for me or dresses or waiting on me, whatever it may be, which is why I had stopped really liking to go shopping. So there I was, I had bundled up three pair of shoes in my arm and I'm kind of looking around. And before I knew it, I heard this loud voice. Of course, I would love to do that for you. And I'm looking around, I, I, I look across the shoe department and see this really, I don't know, like something out of the 1960s, this hippie looking lady, all black, really long skirt, black tennis shoes. And she is just looking as if she is in the middle of a flower field and just having the time of her life. So I I started meandering over that way because I realized she was a salesperson. And I thought, that's who I want to wait on me. So even though she was holding court with three customers at a time, I caught her on the way into the back to get some shoes for someone. And I said, hi, 
Would you be able to show me this shoe in a size seven? She says, of course, I'd love to do that. What about those other shoes? And I said, well, if it's not too much trouble, that would be great. Ah, great, let me get those. And she puts them in her arm with the rest of the shoes that she's going for three other customers. So now she's doing four customers at a time. And I just want to bring out to you in the meantime, they have like five other salespeople just kind of standing around, not getting shoes for anyone. So I sat down and I waited for her to come back out. She comes back out. I'm thinking, okay, she's going to be back there 20 minutes because she's got all these customers. Now it was like five minutes. She jets out, she's running and she says, here you go. And she had all three pair of shoes in a size seven. So I try on the first pair and I'm like, ouch, these hurt. I have a really narrow foot. So it's hard for me to find like cute shoes that are the right height and that feel good. I don't like to be uncomfortable. I try those on, I look in the mirror, I'm like, well, these are cute shoes, but they really hurt my feet. Put them back. Try on the next pair. Ouch, these hurt too. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, please be the right size on this third pair because I, I, I don't want this lady to be like, oh, I went to all that trouble and you're not buying anything. So she comes and checks on me after I'm taking off the second pair of shoes. How's it going over here? And I said, well, um, I'm, not, I'm not happy with the first two pairs. I'm hoping this last pair, well, just let me know. Let me know, no problem at all. Okay. So I try on the third pair and I'm like, hey, I guess these could work, but I mean, they're not that cute. You know, they, they look, you know, a little grandma on me and I'm, you know, not too stylish. And so she comes back over, what do you think? She goes, those look really comfortable. I said, well, they're really comfortable, but they don't look cute. She says, that is so true. Let me show you over here these really nice shoes that came in. They're a brand new line that we've gotten in. The ladies are just going crazy over them because they're cute and they're comfortable. So she shows me over and I pick out two more pair of shoes. And she says, well, I'll get these for you in a size seven. Okay, so she goes to the back, still waiting on now. Probably she's got five people she's waiting on. Comes back with those two pair. And don't you know, even though they worked for everybody else, it didn't work for me. And I said, I'm so sorry you went to all this trouble. She says, oh, no problem, no problem. I said, I'm not gonna be buying any shoes today because I don't wanna waste my money on something that I know I'm not gonna wear when I get home. She says, it is no problem. My name is Vicki. When you come here, you ask for Vicki. And I said, you do not have to worry. I will never come here again and not ask for Vicki. And from that time on, because of the way she acted when I did not buy a pair of shoes, was the very reason why I got home, I called my mother. Let me tell you about what just happened. I called my sister. Let me tell you about what, what happened. I called my niece. I called my daughters. I said, when you go to Dillard's, you find Vicki. So the next time I went, I went with my sister. And it was on a Thursday 
in the morning. So Vicky wasn't busy on that day because it was early enough. So there weren't like crowds of people, but she still had one or two going on, even though it was 10 o'clock in the morning. And I say on a Thursday because I know only to go Wednesday through Sunday for Vicki because she's off on Monday and Tuesdays. That's what I learned in that short amount of time on my first visit with her. So I went on a Thursday. My sister and I tried on probably nine pair of shoes. I said, Lynn, watch this. I mean, you could try on as many pair of shoes as you want. She's not going to get mad at us. So not only did we try on like nine pairs each, we each bought five pair of shoes because she was so much fun and so happy and so gracious to us. So my whole family started dealing with Vicky. Everybody that I know deals with Vicky. And I realized what Vicky gave was not a pair of shoes. What Vicky gave was absolutely free to her. She gave service. Vicky gave the one thing that we can all give. She gave that baker's dozen, that little extra, that lanyap in service. So I took that information to my employees. At the time, I owned a venue and I had 30 plus employees. And I told them the story of Vicki. And I said, the one thing that we can give when guests are here for an event is service because they could have had this event at their house and cooked all the food themselves and just put it out on the table. But whoever paid for this event paid for service. And when people pay for service, they expect it. And they expect it with a smile. And guess what? They deserve it with a smile. We are in a day, day of 2021 where because of the pandemic last year, many people went to online services, right? So you could order things, you can order shoes off of Amazon, off of Zappos, but I do want to throw in a little boost for Zappos. When I did need service and called one day, they were really awesome. So I'm not downing any companies that are online. But what I'm saying is when you order something on Amazon, it's 11 o'clock at night and you need something for a two-day shipping. You, you really like this vase. Um, you're a florist and you like this set of vases. So you order those on Amazon and then they come in. There is no service attached with that and maybe no service needed with that. But in a small business, it is what you have to make the deciding factor. Am I going to get people to come to me if you're a gift shop or you 
sell products? Is that person sitting in front of the computer at 11 o'clock at night about to order online? Do they say to themselves, well, I can order this online, but I think I'm going to wait till tomorrow when I can go ask whoever owns that small business, do you think this would work? This is the project that I have coming up. And they may say, you know, we just had something new come in, come in that I think is better for you. Because if you give service, I know right now, if I give service today, like Vicki gave me on that first day, not expecting anything in return, I have a customer tomorrow. We are human and need human interaction. Everyone has a right to have a small business if they would like to lead that path, to go into that direction and be successful in that business. I think we get ourselves caught up in, but they can get it online. They can get it online. They can just get it shipped to them. Why would they deal with me? Why would they come to my gift shop? Well, they're going to come to your gift shop for you. We're not robots. We don't just say, buy, get, buy, get. I believe we're coming to a time where people are like, wait, something's missing here. Something in this whole process is missing. We're human. We need human interaction. That's what small business gives. And sometimes, in this case, because Dillard's is a big business and that's where Vicki works, sometimes in a big business you'll find a gem like her who teaches a lesson to us small business owners that we can use for our companies. So how do we get ahead in our small business? What service can you offer? So if you offer, if you have, I'm sorry, a gift shop, can you offer gift wrapping? Oh, Jill, I can't afford that. I can't afford gift wrapping. I get it. While people are browsing, looking around to try to find a gift for their friend, and they've come to your shop, they didn't want to go into the big mall. They wanted to come into a little strip mall where you are. Can you have some coffee brewing in the back? Can I offer you a cup of coffee while you shop? Wow. Yes, that That would be great because coffee's not a lot. Can you offer some iced tea while they shop? Can you get some decorative bags that people could use as they're walking around? Can I offer you this bag that you can put your items in as you walk around and shop? Because guess what? They may put more in it if they're able to carry it. I know that's how I am. Can you offer free delivery? There is a company around here. I'm from New Orleans. I live in the suburbs of New Orleans. And this company is also in a suburb of New Orleans. It's called The Basketry. And a friend of mine um, led me on to this place. You can call The Basketry and they, you can say, hey, I want to send out a gift, a little thought um, to someone. 
and I would like to know what I can get for $25. And they will say, well, we can group these things together and we can send it and then the delivery will be whatever it is. I think it's $10. So for instance, one time I got something from a client that were happy with their event and they sent me, um, it was a bag of blue tortilla chips and some salsa in this cute little wrapping. And the note just said, thinking of you today, thank you so much. I hope you have um, a relaxing evening. And I thought, wow, what a cute thing to do. And the basketry delivered it to me. It was just a thought. But wow, how genius, how genius. Now in that same situation, you may be a company like that, a little gift shop, and they may spend $50. It may be a $50 or more kind of thing. And in the local area, let's say uh, 15 to 20 minutes around the surrounding area, and you offer that delivery for free. And you say, well, I can't leave my shop. I'm working all the time. Okay. So there's all kind of kids after school and during the summer who are looking for little small jobs that they can make some money on. So you offer that to them or to, wow, this generation, the retired generation who, you know, they thought it would be really great, but they're really looking for something to do from three to six every day. Find those people so that you can offer things that no one else is offering. And then here is something that is so critical. Kindness on the phone or on your email or in your text. First of all, meet your client where they are at. That is service. If you are getting somebody who is 50 and above, and I'm in that category, so I'm not saying that we don't know how to email text or go through Facebook or Instagram to get the attention of an owner, a business owner. But our first preference, because we grew up with the yellow pages, is to pick up the phone and call the business. They are not bothering you when they're contacting you. Customers are not bothering you. They are giving you business. Your first line of service is answer the phone or If you are an older person who has started a second career in a business, then you need to learn your customer. If your customer, if you're gearing towards that 20 something, then you need to learn how to text or you need to learn how to send emails back really quick. Because let me tell you something, if you do not answer some people back within an hour, you do not have their business. You can't say, okay, two or three days from now, I'm going to answer that email. If you have time, send a short email. I have seen your request. I am working on it. I will get back to you as soon as possible. Something. But you can't say, well, if you want to do business with me, then you have to have my form of communication. I don't answer my phone. Are you kidding me? Are you in business? All forms of communication are acceptable. This could be somebody's grandmother who the only thing she's ever known, she's 75, is to pick up the phone and call 
a business. She's calling to spend $300 with you on a gift card for her granddaughter whose birthday is next week. And that's her favorite shop. She doesn't know that you'd rather if she texts. She doesn't even know how to text. Answer the phone. Answer the email. Answer the text. Look at your Instagram. Look at your Facebook. However they are contacting you to give you money, respond. That is service. Service, in my opinion, is the single most important component of business success. It is what will put you in the line to be successful. It is what will keep you successful. So I hope that this information has helped you today. This story has helped you today. I did receive an email and I answered it very quickly, but I'm going to answer it in this podcast as well. If this may apply to you, because it is something that is very current. So that's why I wanted to include it in this. Let me read it to you. Dear Jill, I opened a small restaurant serving pizza and a few Italian dishes right before the pandemic. We were forced to close for a short amount of time, but reopened serving pizza for pickup as soon as we were able to do that. However, we have been able to open back up as a full service restaurant and cannot find employees to come into work. Should I just give up, close my shop, close my restaurant, and wait for everything to go back to normal? Or should I stay open and explain to customers, sorry, we don't have enough employees to wait on you? Okay, so this is the answer to my question. And I really appreciate um, Sally is the one who wrote that in. Thank you so much. I have a question for you. And sometimes people don't always like my answers, but do you want to close? Do you want a reason to close? Is this not what you expected? And you're like, ah, I really just want to go back to my, my regular nine to five job. I, this isn't for me. I hate it. it. Actually, it was my husband's idea. I hate it. It's really okay if the answer is deep down inside, yes. I mean, this is just too much work. I, I just didn't realize it was going to be all of this. It was my husband's dream. We're fighting all the time. And I want to tell you, it's really okay if you want to stop doing this business. And it doesn't mean that you can't start again because now you have the real information. You've got real information during a time when it was terrible. It was a pandemic and so many businesses were closing. But you're a new business, basically, even though you've been open really for a year and a half. But if you want to close and just learn and start over again, maybe a couple of years from now, that's really okay. Sounds like you've had a rough ride of it. And that's all right. I've done it myself. However, 
If you want to stay open, I want to tell you something that probably you've thought of and maybe pride has gotten in the way. I want you to ask for help. I want you to reach out to your friends and family, however you want to do that. Maybe it's just single phone calls or text. Maybe it's on Facebook where you explain the situation like you just explained to me. Maybe friends and family would have teenagers who, like I said before in my little gift shop example, would want to come into work for a few hours a day. Maybe you could reach out to people who are retired. Hey, I know you love to cook. Would you consider coming and helping out a couple of hours during the day, during the lunchtime rush? When I owned a venue, I opened this venue. Most of my background has been in the wedding industry. So I opened this venue after Hurricane Katrina because I saw a need for 50-person weddings. So I found this little house. It was way out of the way and really didn't know what I was doing. I just thought, wow, this would be great. I can, um, I was a florist. I had done hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of weddings for brides over the years. And I thought, wow, this would really open up the wedding industry as far as hosting smaller events. I go into this and it was so difficult to find employees because the location, I, I didn't follow the real estate location, location, location. I bought this house, which at the time was not a venue. I was turning it into a venue. And it was really difficult to get people to come to work because it wasn't close to anything. And if you think it was difficult to get people to come to work, you should have seen how difficult it was to get people to have their weddings there. But that's a whole different story. So I reached out to everyone that I knew when we had our first few events because I didn't have employees. I didn't have the skills truly that I needed and I wanted to be successful. My husband even said, look, there was somebody who offered to buy it right after we bought it. They wanted to turn it into a restaurant. Or there were people asking me, do you want to partner with us? And my answer was always no. I really wanted to be a success. But here I was, my first event, I charged $25 per person for something that was costing me at least $50 per person and I needed help. So I reached out to my sister to help in the kitchen. And my husband reached out to his brother, who both of them very happy, yes, we will come and help. I reached out, of course, to my own children, but also their friends. No kidding, I had 12 year olds working the floor. And I told them, wear a nice shirt, put this tie on, let's go. And we got through it. And that really is how it went for the first year of events that I asked for help. You may need to put it on Facebook exactly what you just said to me. Hey, we opened up this pizza shop. We really didn't want to just do pizzas. We wanted to do these great Italian meals, recipes from my mom. We need help. 
Who would like to come and work with us? It doesn't have to be every day. We will need you on a schedule. Hey, you know, my aunt, I didn't know she was looking for something to do and she would love to work in the kitchen on Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 11 in the morning to four in the afternoon. Usually your friends, family, they understand you're not paying the big bucks, okay? You at least have to pay a minimum wage, of course, and more than that if you possibly can. But they are going to ride the wave of success with you. They will help you build up, okay? You don't have friends and family who can help you with this? Then put out an ad. Put out an ad on Indeed or one of those types of companies and explain, hey, we are riding the wave to success and we need excited people, retired people. We are looking for you. If you'd like to come with a fun and energetic company, please come and see us. And when they come in, you let them know you are building a successful business with their help. Your employees are important to your success. And I promise you, Sally, this is going to take off. Just reach out ask for help. And if you are not in that business with your husband every single day, working side by side with your employees, there's a big problem. You need to be in there. I know it's like I own a business and I don't really want to have to work in it, but you do. If you want that success, you teach them the way to success. Teach your employees, this is how we want you to act. This is what we want you to do. We want service and smiles. So I think that's enough for today on this podcast. I'm Jill Mercer. I've owned many small businesses. This is the Small Business Collection podcast. We can be reached at the Small Business Collection at yahoo.com, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Send me any questions you may have. It's all free. Um, I pride myself in being a business consultant. And I would love to help you in any way that I can. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day.